Let us pray. Gracious God, as faithful people long, long ago gathered together at the manger to see the newly born Savior, we gather together tonight to see him once more. Jesus, we thank you for bringing light into our darkness and for coming to us not to be served, but to serve. May your love for us shine in the love that we serve others. Be with us now as we worship you on this special night. Amen. Please be seated. Merry Christmas. And welcome to Edgeboro Moravian Church. Friends, neighbors, family, members of this church, visitors and guests, we are so glad that you chose to be with us tonight on this special night when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Though our worship service will end tonight, our praise and celebration will not. Continuing, uh, you may continue worshiping with us next Sunday at 1030 as we focus on the watchwords or the scripture passages that we will choose to guide us in 2020, which is a long-standing Moravian tradition. Join us then on New Year's Eve at any time between 430 and 6 o'clock for our silent Holy Communion service. Uh, you'll see other worship opportunities in your bulletins. But now let us continue worshiping in this moment. This is a day in which the Lord has made, and we will rejoice through song, scripture, candles, and be glad in it. Our Savior has come to bring light into the world. Let us sing our next song together, Good Christian Friends Rejoice. The first scripture reading comes from Isaiah 9, 
verses 2 to 7. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exalt when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar cross their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of the Midian, where the boots of the trampling warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and when he is named, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, his authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from the time, from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends our first reading. The second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world shall be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, whom he was engaged, and to who was expecting a child. There they were. The time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them at the inn. In that, reason, in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping rock keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, our Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those to whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, and the child lain in the manger. When they saw this, they made known of what had been told of the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all those words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for they had all heard and seen as it had been told to them. Here ends the scripture readings.
Christmas Eve, the candles, the lights, the music, the traditions, they're all here. Some of us have been ready for this since October. Some of us aren't quite ready for it even yet. But still, it's here. Which means that we hear once again the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. A story that many of us know very well from hearing it in a service like this, or from hearing it in a Christmas pageant, or from hearing it from Charlie Brown's friend Linus. Either way, we've heard the story many times because it's a great story. A story about new beginnings, about faith, about the beginnings of our own salvation. People love stories, and good ones like this are absolutely worth telling over and over again. But sometimes when we hear a story too much, it becomes so elevated and so important that we distance ourselves from the characters. This happens with Bible stories all the time. It's really natural to think that because stories, that these stories are so old and so well known, that there's no way that anyone in the Bible is like us. People like Mary and Joseph are saints now. Everybody knows them. God talks to them through angels and stuff like that. That doesn't happen to us, right? It can take a lot of work to remind ourselves that within this story, Mary, Joseph, and even the shepherds are normal people just trying to figure out how to navigate through life and how God fits into all of that especially when life isn't going exactly according to plan. So let's do a bit of work on this. Let's make some connections so that this story becomes a little bit more real. Let's make some connections with Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. There are many different connections we could make, but I'll go through three. The first connection we can make happens right away in the first three verses. Emperor Augustus established a law that required everyone to return to their hometowns to be registered. Joseph and Mary, being good citizens, they obeyed. But I can only imagine they weren't too thrilled about it, especially since they had to travel 90 miles on foot to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem, all while Mary was really pregnant. There's no way that they were happy with this law, and no way they were happy with the government then. Sound familiar? Like Mary and Joseph, we are left to navigate through through the required policies and procedures of our society. We're also left to decide what to think about hot-button issues that have no clear end or solution in sight and figure out how to live with the decisions of our local, state, and national leaders that we may or may not agree with. As we've all experienced, politics at times can be exhausting and frustrating. And in these circumstances, Mary and Joseph would probably agree. I think many of us could connect with Joseph in another way in this first part of the story. Joseph travels back to his former home only to discover that things have changed there, just like how things have changed within himself. He doesn't fit in in Bethlehem like he used to. In fact, he doesn't even have a regular place to stay. This might sound familiar for some of you as well. Some of you have traveled to be here or will travel to be back home for Christmas and will have to deal with some of the same kind of feelings. 
You might have an actual place to stay when you go, but you're still left trying to figure out how you fit in. Fit in with your family, maybe that you haven't seen in a while. Fit in with your in-laws. Fit in with your old hometowns. Maybe fit in with your new hometowns. And this isn't just something we do with at Christmas, because we're all left trying to figure out how we fit in and what our purpose is, no matter where we are in life. So here's another connection, one more. Did you notice how many plans and routines were wrecked in this story? Mary and Joseph had to leave home to register, something they didn't plan to do. Plus, with the baby, which they didn't expect to have in the first place, the baby comes at a really unexpected time and a really inconvenient time for them, having been 90 miles away from home. And this is one of those moments where they have no control over their schedule whatsoever. And if you're like me, we hate those moments. We hate when we can't dictate our own schedules. And then let's look at the shepherds. Here they are, trying to finally get some rest after a really long day of work outside, when an angel appears in the middle of the night and tells them to go and get up and go on on their way to go see Jesus, and so much for a good night's sleep for them on that night. Though angels aren't usually the cause, this should sound relatively familiar because we've all had plans fall through. We've all had stretches in life where things just don't go the way we want them to, where interruptions happen all the time, where busyness takes control of our schedules and we don't sleep as well as we'd like. So all in all, we have more in common with Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds than we thought. We all have to navigate through the responsibilities and regulations of the society in which we live. We all try, our, try to find our place and purpose in life. And we all deal with the struggle of not having time to do the things we want to do or the struggle of watching something happen that wasn't supposed to happen. Connections to the story like these are really important for us to make because if we don't, then the story remains distant and far off. And it's easy in that case to label it then as ideal and perfect, where everyone sings in harmony with the angels on a peaceful and silent and heavenly night. If we leave it at that, then this story is merely a fairy tale. This story tells us that God only cares enough to come to the people who have it all together, who have a perfect life, and we know none of us are perfect. What this story actually shows us through these real connections that we make is that God so loved us, each of us, that God willingly chose to be a human to be with us and work in us and through us in the midst of our strengths and in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our personal growth and frustrations, in the midst of our successful plans and in the midst of our broken plans in the midst of our unforeseen changes in our homes, in our families, our routines, our jobs, and our health, Jesus didn't come into an ideal world. Jesus is in our world as we know it, with all of that stuff going on. Because we, and not just us here in this room, but each of us, are so immeasurably worth loving. We are beloved. And that's no fairy tale. 
That's the good news of Christmas, and everyone deserves to hear that good news. So thanks be to God for all the ways that we can connect with this familiar story of Christ's birth. Thanks be to God for this good news that we are loved. I pray that your Christmas travels, gatherings, traditions, and celebrations be blessed with God's peace and joy. And may God's love, the good news of Christmas, comfort you, guide you, and be made known to you on this day and forevermore. And because of that, may you all have a Merry Christmas. Amen. We now take a moment to recall our gratitude for the promises and blessings and love that God has shown to us. Those things that we are truly thankful for and those things which we often take for granted. And so out of this gratitude, we share the gifts that have been entrusted to us in this time of offering.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, gracious Lord, for the glorious creation your hands have made. We thank you for the land that we stand on, the air that we breathe, and the water that we drink. Help us to care for these blessings just as you do. We thank you for your greatest gift to us, one that fit in a manger long ago. May the blessing that our Savior gives to us fill our hearts with love until overflowing. Receive our gifts of generosity and transform them into blessings for others in need. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
Though the light which we hold in our hands will go out, the light in our hearts from Christ will never go out. So in all that we do and all that we say, may that light be shared with the world. May you go in hope, peace, joy, and love in all of that in the name of our Lord. Amen and Merry Christmas. Thank you.